I'm Emery, and this is Cook's English Corner. I know, I know. In our first episode, I said that Cindy would be the one to publish the next podcast. But here I am. You're stuck with me again. I hope all of you are doing well and that your new year is off to a great start. 2021 looks like it has a lot for us to look forward to. Vaccines are being sent out around the world, and things look like they are finally getting better. Um, my work for a law firm was postponed because of COVID, but it looks like I'll finally be able to start working again. I'll be in, I'll be moving to New York in the next month or so, so this might be the last podcast you'll hear from me for a while. Although I also said that Cindy would be doing this podcast, so I don't know how much you all can trust me. Oh, also, before I start, I showed my brother the first podcast, and he thought that I was trying to sound like a smooth jazz radio host. Hi, I remember. <laughs> So I've, I've tried to be a bit more lively this podcast, uh, It's but it's hard. There really is something about podcasts that brings out the podcast voice. Okay, introduction done. Today's topic, the singularity. Singularity is a word that's not used very often, only really in two instances. When talking about the Big Bang, how scientists believe the universe was created, or the artificial intelligence singularity. Because artificial intelligence is a long phrase, most people shorten it, the phrase, to AI. So, what is the AI singularity? It refers to the hypothetical point when artificial intelligence will be more capable of creating AI than humans are. The idea is that at some point, robots will be smarter than humans and will be able to make ever-increasingly smart robots to the point that humans are completely outclassed and can no longer even understand what the robots are doing or thinking. Some fear is that these newly minted artificial beings would then either destroy us, enslave us, or make us irrelevant. Others fear that humans would react in the wrong ways. How should we treat robots that are capable of thinking and acting autonomously? Are they alive? Would they have rights? These are great questions, but first things first, can something like the singularity even happen? Maybe. Computers are old. The first computers were invented thousands of years ago. Perhaps the most famous of these is the abacus, uh, the device that uses rows of movable beads to represent numbers. But it wasn't until the invention of the modern computer that fears began to rise concerning the possibility that computers might one day be smarter than humans. The first programmable general purpose computer was called the ENIAC, created in 1945. It was huge. It filled up an entire room, but it was way better at computing than anything that came before it. Since then, computer technology has progressed in leaps and bounds. Many of you have heard of Moore's Law. Moore's Law is an observation that since the creation of the modern computer, the number of processing units that computer manufacturers could fit into a computer tended to double every year. Without going into too much detail, this meant that the processing power of computers has grown at an exponential rate since their original creation. 
With the growth of the processing powers and abilities of computers, some people began to wonder if humans might one day not be able to beat computers at anything. But most, heading into the 90s, thought that these concerns were overblown. Sure, computers had a lot of raw ability for calculation, but they couldn't think. This meant, people argued, that computers would never be able to beat humans at strategy games like Go or chess because the possible movesets were so large that the computer would never be able to brute force its way to a victory. Then came Deep Blue, a computer dedicated entirely to chess. It became the first computer to beat the world champion of chess, Garry Kasparov, in standard time controls. At the time, Garry didn't think it was possible. He thought that humans had helped the machine. But eventually, he admitted that he had been beat. Today, even the very best grandmasters can be beaten in chess by even the chess apps that you can download on your smartphone. It's not even close. Naysayers shifted the goalposts. Okay, they said. Sure, computers can beat us at chess, but they'll never beat us at Go. There are just too many moves. On a regular-sized Go board, there are more possible moves than there are atoms in the entire universe. Humans are able to intuit good moves based on strategy and heuristics, things which machines are incapable of. Again, they were wrong. In 2015, a company called DeepMind released a Go-playing computer program called AlphaGo, based on machine learning. Whereas previously, Go players thrashed Go programs, AlphaGo managed to soundly beat some of the best Go players in the world. Today, there is no question. AlphaGo and its successors are the best Go players in the world. Well, maybe you ask, so what? Sure, computers can beat humans at games now, but that doesn't mean they can truly think. There are things way more complex, and without the strict rules of strategy games, that computers still haven't been able to beat humans at. And you're right. At this point, computers don't seem to have reached the point where they can independently think. Even deep learning networks are far beyond, uh, behind human complexity. But remember when we started. In a mere 75 years, we have gone from computers the size of entire rooms to computers that can fit in your pocket. We have gone from computers that couldn't beat the worst chess player to computers that have no human rivals. And it seems that our ability to create increasingly complex computers isn't slowing down. Many of you have likely heard of self-driving cars offered by companies like Tesla. Though they are not entirely self-reliant, there are cars on the market today that you can put into autopilot mode and then let them be. It's amazing. Many people still don't trust these types of cars, and maybe the car owners trust them a little too much sometimes, but there doesn't seem to be much of a question that these kinds of cars are going to become extremely common in the coming years. A survey by the web company Emerge asked 32 AI experts if and when they thought the singularity would occur. 45% thought that the singularity would occur prior to 2065. Ooh, as a side note, English speakers tend to use 20 blank, like 2015 or 2014, as a shortcut. But we don't tend to shorten the years in the 21st century, starting in the 2000s, when you would have to say zero or O. So you won't likely hear 2008 or something like that, although I guess it's possible. If you want to sound more natural, pronounce the entirety of the year when there is a 
zero in it that you would need to pronounce. Um, for example, 2001 would be 2001, and you won't hear 2001. But starting in 2010, you might start hearing 2010, because that's the year you no longer have to say 20-o-something. And notice, this is just for the 21st century. You will likely hear something like 1906. There's just something that doesn't sound right about saying 20-o-blank. So, back to what we were saying. In total, 79% of those polled by Emerge thought that the singularity would occur. Of course, 32 people is not a huge sample size, and people whose jobs are to work towards something like the singularity are likely to exaggerate. But the poll at least shows that many of those with hands-on experience with AI find the singularity at least feasible. A big argument for why the singularity might not happen is that all of the technology we've produced tends to be hyper-focused. Yes, we can create a robot that can flip burgers, and can flip burgers better than anything we've ever seen before, but we can't create a robot that is more general. It's more generalist learner. Without the ability to master more than a few tasks, it's unlikely that robots will take over the world, though they might continue to infiltrate our daily lives. We might buy burger-flipping robots, or uh, self-driving cars, and smart houses, but some think it's unlikely that we will develop anything capable of bringing about the singularity. In other words, robots might not ever be able to become generalist thinking entities. Okay, even if the singularity does happen, does that mean that we are in big trouble? Alan Turing, the visionary British scientist who helped break German code during the Second World War, didn't think the results would be pretty. He thought that the machines would have no use for humans once they outclassed us and would likely take control of the planet. Similarly, Stephen Hawking supposed that once the singularity occurred, the eventual result would be machines whose intelligence exceeds ours by more than ours exceeds that of snails. Others take a more optimistic view of things. With all that new intelligence, the singularity might allow benevolent machines to end all diseases even death. Perhaps we could upload our consciousnesses into the same sorts of machines and avoid ever growing old or dying. Personally, that seems pretty scary, but it's a possibility. Others think the machines might be less than interested in human beings and might simply wipe us out, like we sometimes will spray wasps with poison. In any event, the actual answer to what happens after the singularity is that no one really knows. The singularity would be so different from anything that we have ever experienced that it doesn't seem likely that anyone will ever be able to predict with any certainty what a post-singularity world might look like. Thanks for listening. If you want to find a transcription for this episode, you can go below to the description and find a link to our website where you'll find it for free. No signups required. See you next time.